0: Welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to another episode of Pewter Pints, uh, where we talk construction, specifically the home renovation industry. Uh, I'm your host, Jason. This is my brother, Dave. Howdy. Also a host. We are operators at Pewter, and we have some very special guests today. Our friends, Julia Welcome. and Jacqueline Harper from Harper Designs. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Thanks for you. having Yay.
2: us. Mm-hmm. Cheers, we'll, yeah, let's start off with a little yeah, cheers. Yeah, Cheers! 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 cheers.
1: And clink oh, over uh, here. I will, I will yeah. A here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Love it. There you go. So um, it's customary that as a participant in these podcasts, you have to do a review of whatever you're drinking. So uh, if you were drinking beer, you might get to dodge the bullet, but you're not. So you have to do a review of your Josh Cab Chardonnay. Chardonnay right it's now.
3: Great! It's
1: delicious. So what are tasting 10, notes? What would you vote it out of ten? like an eight like i feel really good about it i was gonna say seven close to an eight but yeah seven i respect
2: both of those
0: yeah
1: i I like something like it it. i like something dry and it's it's like dry
3: and yet like crisp Mm. Mm.
0: i've never had the josh chardonnay i've had the sauvignon blanc i've had the merlot and the cab merlot and the cab are like definitely
1: so good huge
0: go-to's in my household but um this is a
1: little bit sweeter for a chardonnay do you find that too I like. It. I think it's a little bit dry, and I like that.
0: Is huh. it buttery? Because I no, find like a I lot don't. of Chardonnay, especially from like California, and yes, more I so agree. Canada, like yep. very buttery. Yes. I can't. I and a can't. little more
1: oak. I think that's the oak barrel mm-hmm. in those Chardonnays. Mm-hmm. This one is um, honey, citrus. It's yum. Oh,
0: see, she
2: actually. And
1: knows what juicy you're peach. About. That's w- what it said <laughs> on the bottle.
2: <laughs> Perfect. I was gonna
3: say the woman really knows her wine, but <laughs> she. I
0: know it's. She just read the tasting notes. Yes. Okay, yes. cool, cool, cool.
2: We need to stock the fridge with uh, European bottles next time. <laughs> yeah, no, we, have
0: we'll all we'll all, we have all California stuff in here right yeah. now. Yeah. Which is fine. Easy There's nothing drinking. wrong with a good California wine.
2: But yeah, Josh's are solid. Mm-hmm. And solid then, dailies. Uh, yeah. Tell
3: us about your drinks. How are So you we
2: are drinking Pilsner Urquell. one of my... Uh, current favorites. I know I've said before I've had lots of favorites, but this is one of my current... Uh, it's not that current. Dave's been drinking prisoner or for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, but it's back again in a big way. So it's a Czech beer. What is it? Four? 4. 4? 4.4? I don't
0: know. Oh, yeah, it is 4.4. 4. <laughs> I would never peg this as a beer less than 5%. Huh. Yeah.
2: Big, bold flavor, caramelly flavor. Highly recommend it if you haven't tried it. It's a great beer. Goes good with like fries and you know
1: pub grub yeah okay other
2: yeah. stuff
0: yeah so right. i guess we should talk about why we're actually here probably let me finish pouring this out <laughs> and why we're actually here is because we are with a very awesome design team in which we work with quite often so i guess what the where we should start off is i want to know how did you two meet and where did this how did this transpire
3: so, right. Jacqueline and I actually met in sixth grade, Shadok Middle School, the Hamilton Mountain.
0: Hmm. Oh, yeah. Brought us Good together. Good golf course, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good municipal golf course, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs>
3: um, but we, we've grown up together. It's like more than 20 years. Like, it's it's been a great friendship, and we kept in touch. We both went to Western, which was really fun. Okay. Um, and then we reconnected
1: on a business level about probably like three years ago. So, Julia is really good with everything organization. And I basically asked Julia to come and do some freelancing for me. So look at my numbers, look at my books, help me project. Um, And you were so helpful and we started meeting those targets and started expanding and taking in all these projects and I thought, I need you full time. So Julia started last year, September, full time and it's been over a year now and completely changed the business. Oh, That's nice. awesome. Yeah,
2: Good for you it's guys. Fun. what it's did you what did you study in school?
1: I did like a general like double major
3: history sociology, and then I worked for a decade. My first sort of career was in managing summer camping, so you know it's of five hundred kids, one hundred and fifty staff, scheduling, health and safety. Hmm um so. there's more
0: chaotic than 500
3: kids <laughs> no kidding. if you can <laughs> yeah. make it in the camping industry you can make it anywhere yeah, awesome. um <laughs> yeah. but it's like one of those transferable skill sets yeah. you know like everything you pick up along the way you people ask me all the time like where did you learn how to do that i'm like at summer camp like it's true <laughs> yeah. um so i feel really grateful that in sort of my life post camp i've been able to use those skills and and we, ma- I think we make a great team. Like it really sure. is.
2: You a- are a pleasure to work. It is
3: an. Thank you. It's, it's, yeah. It is an amazing thing to like go and do something you feel really that you're really good at, but also do it with someone who has a different skill set than you, but that you can create this awesome team dynamic.
1: And the so. funny thing about that is we are totally yin and yang, which we realized very, very quickly. <laughs> I am the creative, all over the place, Julia. You've seen it, Dave. She <laughs> keeps us on schedule. She keeps uh, him, like single. So let's get back to the list that I've
3: created yeah. that we to accomplished. Do you uh, use binders? I like to write things down. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of flack in my life. So my <laughs> old boss used to be like, are you going to write that down now? I'm like, I am going to write it down. Thank <laughs> you, you. Know, I, you. We appreciate it. We do. But, yin uh, and
0: yang uh, you know, correspondences <laughs> or whatever, you, uh, relationships are always the ones that, that thrive. Work right? the best, like, for me sure. Me and Dave are very similar in a lot of ways, but we're also... Complete opposites and a lot as well.
2: So all
3: right, but at the end of the day, you have the same values. Like I think that's what we always come that's back to. Like exactly. we were raised very similarly, and we interact with people very similarly. So I think that's what. Makes you know, it's it. funny
0: you say that because like everyone told me about that about marriage. Like I just recently got married. Like you guys, congrats know, again. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're and um, so happy for you. Everybody, you know, th- everyone has always said that you know business partnerships are a lot like marriages, right? It's all the same principles that. Inside, and yeah, like just like with me and my wife, she's my complete opposite. Like, she's way more organized than I am, <laughs> way more, days way more organized than I am, as well, right? So, it's like it, you know, it's kind of, yeah, like I said, that yin and yang, and it just kind of works out. And yeah, it's, f- it's just funny how it goes. Well, like,
2: no point in having two people doing the same thing, that's true, exactly. You, right. bu- yeah. you build different things to the table, yeah,
3: totally. Okay. So, we feel very lucky to be a team, yep,
2: and so. How did this whole team thing come together, Jacqueline? How did you even get into design? What made you want to get into design?
1: Well, to be honest, I've always loved design. Um, A friend of mine reminded me recently that when I was a kid, I probably changed my room up like five different times, and her bed was always in the same spot, and she never even thought about changing up her room. So (laughs) it's always been there, but I actually went to school for television, so I worked in TV, hosting a morning show for almost five years. No way. Yep. I was on CHCH Morning Live, and we had an early show. We were the morning show that the morning shows watched, because <laughs> we started at 4 <laughs> so you were up really early I was. I was. I used to wake up at 1 in the morning. We started at 2 in the morning. I did my own hair and makeup, and we were live on the air all morning.
0: Oh, I don't even want to know what your sleep schedule. Yeah, is like. it was bad. It was yeah. bad. <laughs>
1: I basically finished work at 10 a.m., got home, napped in the afternoon. I was all over the place, but um, the company went bankrupt, and we that show essentially got canceled through the bankruptcy. Um, Wait, CHCH too? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's why I don't see them anymore.
1: Well, they're st- they're still there. They just started a new business. That's oh, all. Okay, it's a little sneaky. Um, but so I, I lost that (laughs) job as that TV show host. I also do a kid's show, which I I don't know if we're going to do another season or not, but, um, I had to figure out what I was going to do.
0: So you're still on TV?
1: Yeah. So I do morning show segments. I do more design segments now. Right. If tiny talent time, if they were to ask me to do a fourth season, no doubt.
0: Tiny talent time. Yeah. I guess I have to have kids. What
2: is that
1: on? It It was a talent show, but it's one of the longest running kid shows in Canada and we brought it back. So we've done 3 no seasons way. of it. Yeah. Oh, good for cool. you. Cool. So, <laughs> so, lots of TV stuff, but TV as you guys know, it's like a dying medium. Everything can be seen on your phone. Yeah. Everyone is streaming everything now. Yeah. So I really had to think long and hard about what the heck I was going to do next, and I kind of jumped into it. I started working for another local designer. Um, worked with her for 2 years and then I also I worked at the Shopping Channel. Ooh. Quick little Our bit in my thing. life yeah. on the shopping channel. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've now, we've had Harper Designs for five years. Oh, wow. Good for
0: you. So that's
1: girl. how it just kind of snowballed, and it's working.
0: So now we know a little bit about you guys. Um, I guess we should get to that core topic.
2: Of yeah, today. why are we actually here? Yeah. What did we want to share with the
0: <laughs> world here? So I guess what we want to talk about is the key to a successful home reno. What, yes. What is the key? Is there a key? Is there one key? Is there mm-hmm. multiple keys? Yeah.
2: So we did a bunch of back and forth here and we decided on the team, right? Like the team that you choose to work with is going to make all the difference, obviously, right? In your in your experience. And if you decide to go it alone and manage it yourself, that is a very slippery slope.
1: Good luck.
2: Uh yep. Yeah. Um and it is often far better to work with um, a team, right? And I, I think that we can make the case here that uh, we make a pretty great team and, you know, there are certain benefits that you're going to get that you're not able to just search off of a phone, search up on Google and get the answers to, right? Like, you're, you're not going to get that kind of support that when you hire a design build situation, uh, you get. It's just inherent in the package, And so I think we can elaborate on that a little bit more. Uh,
1: And I do want to interject for a second and say, it can be a great team, but you really want to find the right team for you.
2: Exactly. So
1: you want to interview, you know, you want to see the people that you work best with. Because as we said, that yin and yang, you're going to be with that team for two years, you know, maybe longer than that by the end of the project.
2: Yeah, I always tell clients, like a lot of times... Perspective clients are like solely focused on budget and i'm like that is yeah. not the decision you are making right yes. now how, how and if that is the only decision that you are making right now uh you know you're not setting yourself up for success it's mm-hmm. totally about who do i want to work with who do i work with what does my personality need what do i need like you know and then and then fill those gaps right fill that in to your yang right i love it Bam.
0: <laughs> Ooh, i like how you did that
3: Ooh, that was poetic
0: yeah <laughs> so let's get into it a, a little bit yeah so i guess we have a few points here and i guess our first point is uh education okay right yeah so, so what i guess our job as a design build team is to educate our clients on what it is well i think it's twofold right like we have been educated
2: number one and then number two we have experience so you know you can read from a book all you want or watch youtube videos all you want um that's a good baseline but then when you're actually doing it like we've been doing it long enough now where we've actually gone back to projects and we're able to critique our past work and make new adjustments Like like one of my biggest is you know i'm hypercritical about how we waterproof a shower system and that is simply because, you know, seven years later, after having built a shower, normal, normal construction standards, uh, nothing wrong with it. Uh, but I saw how and what made that shower fail seven years later. And it wasn't like the shower pan or anything. It's, it was just a waterproofing detail that, you know, only through experience have I been able to uh, adjust. We've been able to adjust and ensure that that doesn't happen down the road. So and I feel
1: like that's one thing that designer and build team, you know, sometimes we do kind of come head to head with because we always want to use the fun, beautiful, small tiles in a shower base. Mm. And mm-hmm. we know. And I'm like, no, it don't do that. You guys go
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah. Grout yeah. lines so. are gateways to water,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's why you need that team. Yeah, right? it
0: depends,
2: right? Like if it's, if it's like a cheap and cheerful bathroom solution, you know, yeah, do your small tiles, lots of grout, who cares? It's going to break down in seven years and you have to redo it mm-hmm. in 10, you know? Uh, and that's where
1: you educate the client yeah. so that they know that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but alternatively, like, sometimes that's not the situation, right? Sometimes people are building, and this is often what we typically do is, you know, we're building those dream homes. We're building those those homes that are supposed to last, like, the next 20 years, you know, into retirement, or, you know, yeah, a lot of times, uh, you know, we do a lot of baby boomers. Um, and a lot of times it is like that sunset home, right? That they want to just enjoy. They don't like they want to do this one last renovation, make it right, truly treat themselves and not have to worry about it for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. and do you
0: dare to call it the forever home? The forever home.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's trademarked. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That, at the end of the day, that is what we are building. So a, a lot of the time, that's what we're building. And so it always comes down to the purpose and right. We're able to provide those uh, points of education that, that, you know, experience that, that uh, perspective that a normal homeowner would not have. And we're able to help them make better decisions along the way. So we agree. Good point.
1: And also educating them on budget.
2: Mm. budget to 100 yeah, it's huge right like especially nowadays like the costs have just like risen so much and we did a podcast not long ago and it was like five components like five must-have components of a construction contract or price right what should you be seeing inside of that and we find that a lot of guys are not carrying the cost that they're supposed to be carrying and, and it's funny because
1: surprises right
2: yeah and it's funny because 98 percent of people in this industry go broke. So when I'm being told that I'm the only one that's charging for XYZ, but the company's been open since ninety-eight, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, we'll be here another it's twenty years important. and they can they can go bankrupt. I that we're we're here to build relationships, build yeah. great houses and, and provide a living for ourselves and, and and the homeowners, right? Like we're providing a space for them to be able to live in. And, um,
1: yeah, don't take that lightly. We think that you guys do a really great job with breaking down that budget. So to start every project, Dave comes down with an itemized budget list. We are here with the clients. We review it all. And that might not end up being the budget. We know that you have to do a lot of work to really refine those details. But it's about educating them on what things cost, what to expect. Um, Yeah.
2: Usually... On those budgets, there's probably about a 10% variation. Okay. Um, So, like, the bigger the project, the bigger that swing can be, obviously, Uh like, nominally. But, um, yeah, I think it's a very important part because a lot of times um, people who engage, like, an architect first, and they just design their dream home without any, any consideration for the costs of what they're actually designing... And then they start shopping it around, and it's like, well, you designed a $600,000 project, and you have a $400,000 budget. What are you cutting, right? And a lot of times, just superficial cuts aren't going to get you down that $200,000. So it's very important to start with the concept of the project, which is why having you guys come in before anything, and put together an initial concept, a 3D rendering of like, what would you like to see? And then we come in and we have an idea of what we're trying to execute. And, and you know, I'm able to listen to a conversation between the designer, you, and the client, and, and, and understand what you're really trying to achieve. And I don't have to do any thinking in that in that respect right I'm not I'm not thinking creatively there all I'm doing is absorbing as much information as I possibly can to put together the best budget I possibly can right like what's the most responsible budget to carry forward and if they're not willing to go forward with those numbers like what changes need to happen to the concept and it doesn't cost anything right so like that one little bit of, of that one step that one little bit of education right in the very beginning can remove so much headache, so much hassle, because the people who engage the architect first, and and just design whatever their their heart desires, and then try to shoehorn their budget or that project into their budget. It you know, it it's not a good. <laughs> well, it never works. No, it's not it because works. you're underfunding the project naturally. Rate right from day one, you're underfunding the project, so you're just going like even if you get somebody to actually agree to do the project, the. $600,000 project for $400,000, there is so much more risk inherent to that project. Well, I, and I, ultimately, you know? it
1: leads to a bad client experience. Oh, 100%, they are not going to be happy when 100%. they are surprised in the end that they have to pay $200,000 more.
0: But you know what? I think all that comes with experience too. I mean, like, how many times, like, don't there's not a contractor in this world that's done, that hasn't done a project underfunded. And you learn Real fast yeah. to never do that again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done it. We don't have to just, dis- you don't have to explain <laughs> which
1: ones they are, but you learn a li- <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about that. Oh,
0: <laughs> no. no but oh, God, no. <laughs> PTSD. But, you know, you learn a lot from it, you know, like th- you make mistakes. And, and if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're, you, you have to learn from your mistakes to be able to apply them to your future
1: projects. What we find about mistakes is we love working with people and you guys absolutely do this we want people who are going to make it right. So it doesn't matter whose mistake it is. If it's my mistake, we're going to fix that for you. Yeah. And you want to find a team that's going to do that. We yeah. always say that we're solutions oriented because it doesn't matter whose fault it is. We just want the client to be happy in the end, right? Yeah.
2: the situation is what it is. And right. what's, what's the quickest, easiest solution right.
0: to, to make it right?
2: Mm-hmm. So plain Jack,
0: and simple. Jacqueline Harper
2: makes oh, mistakes. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> what's, your, what, what's, your biggest, okay.
0: what's your biggest design mistake? Will, we'll go one for one. Um, your biggest design mistake well, we'll or our biggest contract. We have mistake. made lots
1: of mistakes, but the one that stings with me the most is when I was working for that other designer and I had to check the size of this rug. Yeah. And I was sure in my mind it was an eight by ten. And we ordered this custom hand-loomed rug from India. It might have been three or five thousand dollars. <laughs> we needed an eight by five, not an eight by ten for their kitchen. That was very, very painful. So is that
0: rug now <laughs> hanging up in your yeah, office yeah. right now? <laughs> it's a piece of reminder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, your turn.
0: Uh, I guess we got a couple. I know the one that I want to talk about because it's you go for it. So, I wanted to get into more like a demolition excavation kind of thing, and I I quoted a project, and I. The guy was like, You're way too expensive. This is way too expensive. I'm like, Okay, so let me, like, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. So I go back to my math and I look at my math and I'm like, You know what? I figured it out. He said I was supposed to be an X. I've got to X. I'm going to now do it for X. So I go to the guy. He goes, Okay, we signed the contract. We go. I hire uh, my buddy
1: Uh and
0: uh, (laughs) I hire my buddy Joe to do uh, the, to operate the excavator. And he, He looks at the project, he looks at me, he goes, how much are you doing this for? And I told him, he goes, Jason, I love your ambition, but you need to get out of this immediately. Uh. Send this excavator back and do not do this project. I'm like, Joe, I signed a deal. I got to do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So he starts it and then... And I, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but it definitely worked out in our favor because he left me stranded on this job site <laughs> with this massive excavator like that I've huge. never used before. <laughs> and it was a big pile of rubble and, and a half dug hole. And I was like, okay. I'm, I wake up at six o'clock the next morning and I hop in this excavator and I got all these dump trucks showing up so I can r- move all this dirt out of the way. And I'm on YouTube and I'm watching, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching videos on how to operate an excavator. And this is like, this is a, a big excavator. It's not, like we've, a <laughs>
1: license? No, you don't. <laughs> that,
3: that's the funny thing.
0: You don't need one. I called, I called Caterpillar themselves. I'm like, how do, oh, is there a license for this? They're like, no, just figure it out. And I was like, okay, thanks guys and i hung up so yeah i watched this video and i'm playing with this thing at 6:30 in the morning and cuz the first truck was coming at 7 and i figured it out and most embarrassing thing ever literally i'm i'm digging and i'm putting dirt in this buck this uh bin gently skin. and the, the operator of uh, the driver of the truck gets out and goes get the f- out of the excavator and i'm like what so i hop out
1: you can well, hear a maybe, truck right yeah, on cue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: right? yeah. I hop out of uh, an uh, excavator. The truck driver jumps in, fills up the bucket himself, yells me, goes, move faster, and then gets in his truck and drives <laughs> off. And I was like, that was the most embarrassing thing I've oh ever dealt with. Oh, my gosh. That experience cost us, first, a lot of money up front. Like, in that experience, like, I lost mo- a lot of money on that project, but now... I don't need to hire an excavator Now I know how anymore. to use <laughs> an excavator. <laughs> there
3: you I, go. I, you
0: know what I mean? It's, like it's the education you pay for. But now
3: you're yeah. much faster. You pay to
0: learn.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. 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 But at least like as a business, we could recoup that cost and we get the efficiencies yes. of, you know, now we can.
1: So you learn the hard way.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was definitely a hard way. But, but like for a learned. homeowner, if you're learning the whole way through the project, that's really good to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't You oh, yeah. can't
2: learn constantly the whole way through an entire project. If you have one. Yeah. One mishap—that's one thing, right? Yeah. But uh, particularly the, the projects that we do, right? I think
0: the biggest takeaway from that was hire the professional sub trades, the proper professional sub trades to do the mm-hmm. job, and make sure you consult them first before you sign a contract.
3: Well, yeah, On know your pricing. It, right? Know what you're an expert in. Yeah,
1: yeah. Perhaps no, that sure. is not your for area. For sure. Area I, mean, I was
0: yeah. We were young then. That was a while oh, yeah. ago. Yeah, big time.
2: Yesterday? So like, no,
1: I'm joking. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm joking. You know what, though, that is something that you guys do really well is you've got the sub trades that you know and trust, but then you've also got your own team on site. And not every build does that.
2: Yeah, like there's different models, right? You can have the uh, everything is subbed out. You can have the all all your team pretty much model or or there's the blends. And we're like a pretty heavy blend of both, right? Mm-hmm. We have decent sized team and a decent, you know. Which Alliance is a good transition
1: to pick up the slack between the subs.
2: Right? Yeah, we like mm-hmm. to just be the transmission between the the sub trades, right? Mm-hmm. We so get them to do like. Another important
1: question: If someone's looking for a design build team, it's a good question to ask. Who's doing the work?
0: Mm-hmm. We actually get asked that quite often. Are you using certified trades? Yeah. Yes. You always <laughs> say no and just looking dead in the eyes. <laughs> Never. No one has a license.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dave, are you sharing a mistake? No. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll keep, we'll keep going. Moving
3: on.
2: <laughs> mistakes. I uh, can't think of any. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We, for the most part, like, I prefer to slow the project down and make sure that we're getting things 100% the first time rather than oops and have to go back because right. it's far cheaper that way in the long run. Yeah, for
0: and sure. And
2: so, yeah, as far as making mistakes go, like, try to avoid them like the plague. But, um, you know, something like that. There's going to
0: be issues Again, like that. How that you deal was, with it. Yeah. That was ambition biting me in the ass. Oh, That's what man. that was.
1: <laughs> you know what? Another point that we really want to make sure we educate our clients on are materials and using right materials. We know you have great vendors. We love the hardwood that we use in a lot of our projects. Recently, we were talking about doing porcelain countertops because it's all the rage right now. Everyone's doing it. I know, but we need to educate our clients that just because yeah. everyone's do doing It,
0: it yeah. doesn't that. make it a good idea. Yes. Don't
1: yeah. do it. Don't do the People used to put
0: marble in showers. We're also, don't do it. That right. is not a <laughs> right. good idea. Right.
1: So that comes that's into obvious. experience again and education and yeah. just trusting your team.
0: Yeah.
2: And when you have an experienced team, you're going to get a better end result. That's mm-hmm. for
1: sure. So, mm-hmm.
0: uh, what
2: I find
1: is we like to talk our clients through, you know, if they still want to do marble in the shower, we'll do it. We just want you to know what to expect. You
0: have to understand the upkeep that comes with that for totally, sure. Right? Totally.
1: Totally. And then it's going to patina. Some people love that natural honed texture. I'm not going to lie. I do. You I, do? I do. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And I know it yellows a bit over time, but it's a natural yeah. stone. So, But it's, again, bringing it back to that education. And as long as they know what to expect, it's their decision. It's their home in the end.
0: What What's another uh, item Material? that you think?
1: Um, the first thing that comes to mind is grout. A lot of the time they want to... You know, match the grout to the tile or go super, super dark or super light. We never do that because no. those, the super dark or super light, always show the imperfections.
2: Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: We also
3: spend a lot of time with clients on fabrics. You know, we work with a yes. lot of young families. You know, what fabrics are going to last the test of time? Mm-hmm. What fabrics are going to stand up to your kids and your mm-hmm. dog and your, you know, like we, People are making a huge investment once they have finished the construction on a project to yep. furnish a whole home. Oh yeah. Um. So we really do focus on material as it like actual material. The you textiles. know what? That's actually
0: a huge, like, a great point. Actually, that the material of a of a furniture is something they have to pre-select oh, yeah. or be be warned about. I didn't really think about. It. I just bought two new couches. I I don't know what they're made
2: oh, of.
1: Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! No idea. Gosh, maybe you, I
2: should have called you. For we,
1: yeah, no, we wish you yeah, the best. I made that yeah. mistake.
2: <laughs> we got married, bought these like beautiful, like French-inspired, like textures, and yeah. white, the kids. White absolute, cultures. like two years later, started having kids, and like jam, jam hands everywhere. Oh my, like they're they are toast. So a Absolutely. really great <laughs> value
1: add for anyone that's listening is if you're shopping for fabrics, look for a krypton fabric or an ultra-treated fabric. You can pour wine on your sofa, and it just puddles off like rain really? it's amazing oh, I need that. rugs I spell all the time. rugs are another huge component to well, all of the <laughs> projects we work on <gasps> anyways people order silk the bamboo silk that will discolor so quickly over time in the sun you really have to understand your materials yeah. and that's where the that education comes into play if you're going to spend ten thousand dollars on a silk bamboo rug you got to choose the right spot and you have to love it because mm-hmm. it will discolor
2: yeah yeah, and there's, there's so much. Like, there's a science behind everything that we do. And oftentimes, unless you are exceptionally dil- diligent and willing and able to invest the time to do the, the, the research necessary, um, as a homeowner, you know, you're going to get a lot of value uh, hiring a design build type of situation, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. there's, there's just too much to know. Like every day we, we are still learning stuff. Right? There's always a new situation, there's always something new to pick up on. So
1: we refine our processes all the time.
0: Yeah. So when you when you when speaking of processes, when you guys start a design process with a client, are you guys starting with furniture? Or where like where where do you guys engage first?
1: So we always start with the discovery call. We want to know what our clients need help with. And that might just be I really need to choose the paint in my home. Then that's a consult. We go there for two hours. They have a to-do list, and we just check off all those items in that two hours. Um, We do smaller projects. We do, you know, one-off, one-bathroom renos. We do full home renovations. We're doing several builds with you guys right now. Mm -hmm. So we have a wide variety. Um, So we start with a discovery call.
0: Okay. Okay. So I guess when you – I guess my question was when you you get called – I'll be more specific. When you get called in for a custom, let's just say, mm-hmm. where where do you where do you guys say like? I guess you got to kind of pick a point, right? Do you pick a point and move forward, or pick a point and move backwards? Like, do you reverse engineer your designs, or do you forward engineer your designs?
3: So, from a build perspective, we're we're looking at what they want the outcome to be. Right. We want a family space. We want it to be Mediterranean style. We want it to be modern farmhouse. And Jacqueline, really, the creative process is the first process to say, what is the aesthetic we want? Um, what is the color palette? What are the materials? And Jacqueline dreams it up in these 3D renders. And we have found time and time again, I have learned from her, people are visual. Right. They need to see it. They often fall in love with components. We do a few different versions. So sometimes it's like, I love <coughs> this from option one and this from option two. We put them <coughs> together. Um, And then we work with the build team to figure out, okay, like, what about this is structurally sound? (laughs) What about this can actually happen? Um, And then we work from the back to get to the end result. Right. Um, I
0: find this part fascinating because I'm not ever a part of the design phase of our projects, right? You guys know. But you've
1: seen some of the renders.
0: Yeah, I've seen the renders only because I want to know what it's supposed to look like when (laughs) I'm building it, right?
1: Hey, I'm telling you, it helps everyone. It helps our clients. So a lot of the time we have, you know, husbands, wives, partners that are saying, I have one style and my significant other has something completely different. And somehow we are able to balance that. Um, We really pride ourselves on not having one design aesthetic. A lot of designers will say, nope, that's not my design style. Yeah. Nope. And they just post one style. We really hone in on what the client wants.
0: It's a very two-dimensional way of working <coughs> out. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Makes no, that's it good. really fun for yeah. us. But then that team, that you know, partner, they can all see the same thing. And we yeah. all know the end result. And it sets that great expectation for us, for them, for you. We can all see it.
0: Have you ever laid down some renderings and then been look at it Be like,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we did a presentation recently and like we always do option one and option two and right. like we struck out with almost every option one. They were like, eh, and then they'd like flip to option two. They'd be like, oh, we love it. And
1: like, it's a sigh of relief. You're yeah. like, oh, yes. thank God, they like <laughs> something. But I was just thinking of the one render we showed them with the shiplap on the fireplace. <laughs> it's really great because They see it and they know they don't like it. Right. They're like, so that's what we want. That's a no. We're like, okay. Yeah, we can't take offense to that, right? It's just, yeah,
0: you're just dreaming up a perfect. We
1: want them to tell us what they don't like. And by seeing what they don't like, we're ultimately getting closer to what they love.
0: Exactly.
3: And it helps to put everyone on the same page. And ultimately, I mean, as Dave mentioned, if he can be a fly on the wall and really understand what their goal is from a design perspective, then he can say, okay, like, They're going to, this is going to be a tile heavy project. This is going to be a Mm -hmm. huge kitchen. This is, you know, he sees where their priority is so that he can quote something that's realistic. And we, on the operation side, we use those numbers so tightly to understand, okay, like, Dave has built a, you know, whoever we're working with, Dave's built a budget and he's allotted this much money into the budget for plumbing fixtures, for lighting. So, like, we can make selections with knowledge, like, with information that's going to not set our clients up for disappointment because who wants to fall in love with something that they can't afford?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like that yeah. sucks. It yeah. sucks
3: for us. It sucks for them. So it, you know, in keeping us organized and in understanding what selections we can make.
0: Speak of selections. I mean, I know like furniture is a big, uh, uh, part of, uh, a reno Huge. and people don't really think about that. They get so caught up in the construction end of things, but <laughs> the way I see it is, and this happens all the time. It's if the, the furniture isn't laid out properly. We can't construct properly, you know, just simple as like laying out plugs and stuff. And it changes like,
2: room centers, yeah. right? The, you know, pot light layouts, whatever, light, like light, lighting, um, you know, you're doing a walkthrough. We're doing a walkthrough with the clients and say, okay, what furniture is going where, where do we need the receptacles to be to service this end table or, or whatever, and, you know, it's, it's all encompassing. And that's what you really get with a design build type of situation, right? It's, it's a merge of everything so that you get a holistic finished product that was thought through from beginning to end.
0: Yeah, that's... Instead of it's, an afterthought.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's definitely a huge benefit to dealing with a design, a designer or design firm. Because, I mean, like we're doing a project right now and it's like <coughs> walking through like, where's your bed going in this bedroom? And they don't know yet. Well, I don't know. Totally. well i got electrical rough and happening tomorrow <laughs> so I, you know where these plugs are going like, yeah do, what are you
1: doing sconces on either side of your bed yeah is there a tv is there a console how big is that is that going to affect your walkway and, and
0: you know what like just being in europe for my honeymoon for the past couple weeks one of the best items that europe has is literally just a switch beside your bed mm-hmm. and it's like That I feel like that's something that needs to be utilized more often here (laughs) just saying that. But like it's so awesome. But it's like, yeah, like if you you're going through all this process, you wanna think of absolutely everything. And who thinks of all these things? It's not us, or not me anyways. I just go in and tell the guys we're gonna slap it together and let's go. And you wanna
1: think of how high does that need to be? Mm -hmm. Does your client, do you, whoever is watching this, do you wanna know? that that's going right above your side table, right? So your nightstand beside your bed, if we know that that is 30 inches off the ground, do you want to see your electrical outlet? Do you want to see that switch? Is it going to be tucked in behind at the bottom? Do you want phone outlets into that? Uh, There's so many different specifications. And when we know how big the furniture is, we know how to work around it.
2: Yeah, 100%. -hmm. It's an underappreciated part of the process Mm -hmm. well and we learn from you guys all
3: the time too when we do walkthroughs and you'll point something out and i'm like oh that's a good point dave (laughs) (laughs) so it's not every house situation is unique but again it's like the institutional knowledge that we all have we transfer from project to project to make sure that clients are like functionally it's gonna work
2: yeah and to for some clients it's not necessary right like some clients it's just give me four walls like give me the space um I want to clean it up, whatever. Um, but if you're looking for something that's m- far more attention to detail, you know, you really want this to be a special space. Um, you know, it's important to have a team there that can actually support you and help you make those decisions, run you through that process, educate you. Right? It's it's there's so much to go that goes into these things. Mm-hmm. It's. Yeah. Um, I feel like most people don't don't appreciate it. A lot of times, like I'll present a quotation. I did a uh, a budget presentation a couple of weeks back and literally went through like a, our spreadsheets, like 180 line items. And at, at the end of it, um, the client said to me like, you know, so it's, it's a kitchen, but like, I don't know where the rest of this number comes from. And I was like, I literally just walked you through <laughs> like line by line. You see exactly where it is, but it's like, you know, a lot of people, tend to have a very narrow focus on what they're trying to achieve and they don't understand the enormity or all those little decisions and, and things that go into making that project, something special Mm -hmm. that going to that go into executing something properly. And it's like, well, it's not just floors and baseboard and a coat of paint. Like there's so much more that's going into this,
0: uh, especially if you're reworking floor plan, right? Well, yeah.
1: you look, you at, look at that beam you just installed. That was because we designed an open concept floor plan. We needed support underneath. We needed that massive beam that you guys executed so well. Yeah. But how many people were involved in that? You had to plan so much. for that.
2: We literally had the engineer there <laughs> right? with us on install. He wanted to be there. That was the most ridiculous like, thing
0: I think we've ever done. It's amazing. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome. I
1: can't believe that
0: we opened up that house up as much as we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you know, taking a vision and implementing it through practice. And but practice. you
2: can't you can't do something like that. As as a homeowner on your own, like
3: mm-hmm. that no, that sure. is
2: far too ambitious. Like there's no way you're executing that one.
3: A thirty-foot
0: 30 beam, like
1: yeah, no way. The few clients that we know that haven't hired a builder that we have helped do designs for, they have struggled immensely because. You don't have someone to guide them through the process That's or educate important. them well, on all the things we just talked about. Well, I mean th-
0: think about it. If you were a homeowner trying to take on a project yourself, you have a full time job yeah. already. You do. What you're trying to tackle on on your spare time is our full time job. a full time
1: job, full time job, full time job, full time yeah. job. And like we, four full time yeah, jobs. And there's
0: so many full time jobs that are encompassing of our full time job.
1: I totally agree.
0: That right that just play off of it and, and benefit us. It's 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 a huge, huge system. And yeah, people wonder why they, they these home rentals cost so much. Well, like, like how many people you're employing on your house? Think yeah, about For that. months.
3: For
2: months, yeah. Months and months and months,
3: right? like, yeah. we, uh, we, we often find that, you know, we always say renovations are like a series of choices, both in terms of budget and materials. But for people to really understand the order that those choices need to be made in, the cost of those choices, the options that go into those choices. Like there's just, the list is so big. Um, and our job really is to make it less overwhelming. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be moments of stress. It doesn't mean that things are always going to go perfectly. But again, it's, it's problem solving what doesn't go perfectly. Um, it's adjusting, making compromises in budget where needed. And I think it, it gives us peace of mind when we're working with a good team because ultimately people know that we have trusted trades whether it's furniture trades or construction trades like it people know that we're going to get them to the finish line um and then we joke like you better like us cuz like you're going <laughs> to stuck yeah, stick with us for a long time. time we're here
0: yeah that's that's a, yeah.
2: Um, you know what i think the one thing we're really missing in all of this is is that the client too is really a part of the team
3: yeah 100%
2: right? like you're so right very they, yeah yeah like you can be a positive contributor to making that a great experience for yourself for everybody involved right like nobody wants to get up and and hate going to work right we were there to to you know make something it's a passion of ours right we want to create something beautiful we want we want to share something with our clients and if they're bringing that good energy you know we're giving it right back you know, and it can be such a rewarding experience for everybody involved, but you know, the second it's, it's not that the second somebody's bringing that, that negative type of approach into it, things can change very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not just talking energy. I'm saying the homeowner can be uh, a positive contributor by, you know, helping to organize and whatever, right? Like it's, there's so much to do in it. There's so much always going on. Um, That you you too as the homeowner can contribute and make a serious difference in in the end result of that project. So.
3: Well, yeah, the key is that they're the key to the successful nature of the project is that they're part of the project and that they
1: love the project in the end, or it's not successful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, I think we can talk about you know our industry all day. Um, so we should probably cap it here, but. I think uh, our biggest takeaway is what are the keys to uh, successful home renovation.
2: And it's about the team, right? You, the client. If you're if it if the project warrants it, I highly recommend a design build firm or design build team. Period, um, because there's just so much going on. Um, you're going to benefit from the 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 processes that are already built. You're going to benefit from all the experience, all the education, all the mistakes uh, (laughs) that that these professionals have already made. um, And they're not going to make it on your on your project. And I think that (laughs) pretty much sums this conversation up. Um, So I don't know if there's anything else you you guys would like to add. Maybe you want to plug your social media.
1: Yes, you can find us um, at Jacqueline H. Designs. If you are looking how to avoid those mistakes, we've got tons of those on TikTok. Uh, teaching people the biggest design mistakes we've actually just last week we were featured in a uk tabloid believe it or not (laughs) for biggest design mistakes not that we're making (laughs) Uh,
0: helping people a a little bit
1: jacqueline's driving an excavator (laughs) thank you guys so much for having us thank you very much for
0: coming and i will definitely have to do this again
2: if you have any questions comments please post them below and uh don't forget to like and subscribe if you See fit. Cheers, Cheers. everybody.
0: Cheers.